Chop Soccer Podcast. It's Rox Montaigne. What up, kid? What up, broski? Uh, another uh, another pod from my mama's house. Uh, <laughs> well, say my mama and daddy's house. My daddy would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I come from a two-parent household. You got to put some respect on that. For real. Like, stop disrespecting the black father like he ain't in there. Yeah, black men get it hard enough. They don't need For real. all that extra. Whoa, wait, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. That was a little out of pocket. All right, all right, all right. Bro, all we right. are not even a minute into the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Flagrant. A minute into the pod. Flagrant. Right. Um, Short corners this week. Let's talk to them. Let's talk about them, not to them. Not dumb as hell. <laughs> It's one of those days, man. We can talk to him. We can talk to him. Um, let's start with some streaming news. So we've been covering this since the inception of this podcast. And I feel like every three to four weeks, there's some new streaming news that has me scratching my head and wondering, bro, when the fuck is all of this going to end and we can just <laughs> watch content at a reasonable price? in a unified place. So now the discussion is about Apple and Paramount bundling. Um, All the streaming services are kind of looking to each other now to click up and figure out how they can save themselves from all this money they spent on the infrastructure to support streaming, Mm -hmm. uh, siphoning off their content from other services and bundling it in their own environments, all this other shit that's going on. So a joint venture between Apple and Paramount. Uh, what do you think? I don't even, I don't even know where to start. This just sounds so far fetched and ridiculous to me. It don't sound far fetched at all to me. I mean, you know, before we dive into it, like, uh, I'll hit you with kind of like a couple of main points that we, you know, continue to talk about here. Okay. Like, you know, first, um, everything's working its way back to cable, except on the internet. Um, yep. second, we are entering that space where technology companies, uh, have so much money that mm-hmm. they're going to be the ones buying up like all of these catalogs of stuff, basically, you know, and third, um, this is all part of Apple's plan to have all North American soccer content on their platform. So, I mean, these are three things that we talk about all the time. Um, we can talk about each one in depth, but you know, like, this is literally the essence of our podcast right here, bro. Like we talk, like, you know, when we talk about this is what, you know, we talk about, like, this is it. This is literally, mm-hmm. you know, the end game for like, you know, a couple of items that like, you know, we love talking about, you know. Man, my, I mean, like the the business side of this aside, just as a consumer of content and whatever degree. I am so over this, man. I feel like I feel like 
the more digital things get, even the more the less ownership we have as consumers for things that we pay for. And mm-hmm. I'm over the subscription model just because everything is a subscription now. I remember, you know, back in <laughs> back in my day, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you would go buy a piece of software, whether that was music production software, as Pro Tools, this that third reason, or you would buy, you know, whatever the latest version of Photoshop was, and you own that copy of the product that you paid in many cases for those, you know, creativity softwares, several hundred dollars, and you owned it until you needed to upgrade. Now they just charge you through the nose forever and can swipe your content away. As a matter of fact, uh, Sony just did this. People who had downloaded some uh, discovery content mm-hmm. purchased it, right? Bought, paid their real money to own this content in a digital format. And now Sony is no longer has a licensing for that content. And so they're striking it from their marketplace, which also deletes it from your drive, but you pay for it. Mm-hmm. What? This is the type of shit. I'm just like, bruh, I don't like this at all. So, you know, give me soccer to watch, sure. But also, I want to own the shit that I bought to own. So, you know, like, so you know why, like, essentially everything moved to, like, subscription models, right? Uh, Not really, but give me, run it back. Maybe I... Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Um, Well, I mean, you know, this is going to be a hyper business explanation, but um, it's the stock market, right? So you got all these public companies that have to provide returns for their shareholders like quarter over quarter. So if they sell you something once, you know, they have to find something new Mm. to sell you every month. You know, so like, you know, that's new product, new product, new product, new product, new product. Now that Mm -hmm. everything has gone digital, like, you know, they're just going to slow bleed you out. And then all they have to do is get a new customer, you know, to basically report, you know, that they have like an increase in customers, you know, before the end of the quarter, you know, shareholders are happy, like, you know, and you're still basically getting the same shit. You know, they're just nickel and diming you, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of like buying and owning. And the only way this became possible was because of the Internet. So, you know, like you're 100 percent right. Like back when you used to have to buy physical copy of stuff like that, like, you know, you owned it because you weren't actually buying the you weren't actually buying the music or the software or whatever you were buying the value that it created by putting it on a physical copy right Mm. but like now there are no more physical copies which is coincidentally the same reason why like music is basically worthless now right because there's like no value to press on anything like you know you're not actually buying a physical product You know, so there's no physical value attached to it anymore. So, like, you know, this is all just like media games, 
that like, you know, everybody's <sighs> playing to justify like, you know, values of companies, the amount of advertising dollars that they spend on this stuff. Like, you know, they've got to like, all justify it somehow. And, you know, it wasn't going to be sustainable, right? Like how many times are they going to have to raise prices? Like, think about it this way. How many times are they going to have to raise prices? Like how much do you think like a ticket to one soccer game would actually be if we had to continue like in the old world and you had to justify like a shareholder price like four years on, but you only have like soccer tickets to sell or like, you know, a finite right. product to sell. Like, mm -hmm. you know, shit was about to get dumb expensive, you know, it already is dumb expensive, you know, but at least right. like, you know, you got a little work around with it, man. Like it's crazy out here. Like just wait till they come for, uh, just wait till they come for like all the other products, man. Like you think streaming is uh, expensive now? They are about to bundle back down to essentially the big three cable companies, right? Mm -hmm. Like some version of CBS, NBC, and ABC. We already got Hulu. Paramount's probably going to go with Apple. And then Peacock, like, you know, the cock is probably going to go with someone else. And then like, you know... It's about to get expensive again, man. Like, you know, like these guys ain't low. Like they are not low. Right. I mean, at what point at what point do we start <laughs> do we start looking at piracy like maybe it's not so damn bad? Because <laughs> here's my thing, right? If if you look at what is actually happening, there has to be a wall somewhere. Because if you're an Apple or a Netflix or an Amazon, you don't own any of the content that you're charging people a subscription fee to access. So as is, as is the case that happened with Sony, they didn't own that discovery content didn't want to pay out to renew the license. And then the customer is asked out and everybody else just goes on about their day. Like, Oh, well, sorry. And mm -hmm. they're not getting refunds. So the same is true for, you know, Xbox game pass, any of these services where you are paying to stream various content from various producers. But the, person that you're the not person but the company that you're paying is not the actual producer so they're paying a fee which they pass on to you but if ever they decide not to pay that fee you are stuck in the mud especially if you you know purchased things to own quote unquote from that service that is infuriating to me yeah i mean you know, nobody cares about customers bro like yeah that's a fact you know, especially in the entertainment industry where we're all just kind of locked into this consumerism, like, you know, we, you know, we see this every week in like different capacities, right? Like, you know, truth be told, like the reason, like, you know, women's sports or whatever is supposed to be the next big thing to jump is like not necessarily because people have any more interest in it before than before. It's just that like the content mill is churning so much now 
that like, you know, it's a piece of content that can be thrown into the sports ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, there's just an appetite for it because like we're just gobbling up content. Like, you know, we're a consumer based society here in America. So, you know, like whether it's on TikTok, whether it's on Instagram, like, you know, whatever, like, you know, we gobbling the content. So, like, you know, deep throating content out here. Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's that crazy. was unnecessary. <laughs> you said that was <laughs> unnecessary. Oh. <laughs> 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 it's over man that 21 gun crazy. salute like yeah nah bro like you know i don't know what to tell you <laughs> well what i can say to people is again this is not financial advice but if you are curious i would examine the cost per share <laughs> of paramount Oh, right yeah, now. yeah. And uh, keep an eye on which way it trends. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. It's going to be trending up, especially if they lock in this deal. Um, AT&T's making moves. They already dropped Nokia. Uh, like, you know, totally unrelated news. Uh, mm-hmm. Nokia is no more in the American market um, because their only provider, AT&T, uh, dropped them. They gone. And they just inked yeah. the deal with Erickson, I didn't even know they were still in the league. Not but, Sony. Oh yeah, Sony Erickson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's scrambling out here, man. It is tough. Yeah, it man. Is tough. It is tough. It is tough. This is just how everything is right now. It's uh, you know what? That's a whole other conversation. I don't even want to get into right now. Because <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, we'll talk about it offline. But yeah, I basically hate everything yeah um, everything's getting a mishmash man this is not your father's economy <laughs> facts uh continuing on and streaming news uh city and cbs sports are at a stalemate over a renewal of their licensing deal so this is exactly what i'm talking about man mm-hmm. you know people who are fans of city i want to watch those games they subscribe to cbs sports Everything's gravy until said I was like, um, so about them dollars that we need, uh, can you up that? And CBS was like, nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, as recently as September, CBS Sports was optimistic about the chances of renewing the rights to City I. At the time, a CBS Sports executive told World Soccer Talk, we're having conversations about renewing the deal, and we've got a lot of momentum with that property. For City of I, everything changed in October when its domestic rights deal with DAZN and Sky in Italy failed to generate the increase in rights fees that the clubs wanted to compete with Europe's bigger teams. Bro, this is nonsense. Like, this... Like, I understand as a league, you want to generate as much income as you can for the sake of your league and everyone invested in it, especially the teams and players. But to think that Serie A is anywhere near the market share 
to command the fees that the Premier League commands. It's just, it's just like, oh my God, man, come on. What are we doing? Well, you Everything know. Everything is going to. Go ahead. Well, I guess my question to you is, because I'll, I'll just be back and forth. I get <laughs> tense about it, like real tense about this. Like, how does how does this all end? Ken Stradamus, be Ken Stradamus right now and tell me, you know, five to seven years from now, are we all just saying, fuck it, and we're going back to regular old cable? No. Um, in five to seven years... In five to seven years, there's about to be a cratering Um, because like, you know, the same way we're out here gobbling up content. I won't say I won't say what I said before. Um, The same way we're out here, like, you know, just consuming content like that, like the same way people are going to find out that like, you know, the market is not worth what like you know those initial prices were right right like i mean you know in the case of syria like you got a lot of americans invested in syria right Mm -hmm. and that's really the only reason like you know i understand like you know trying to get into the american market blah 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 but like if there weren't any Americans like, you know, that own these teams, like, you know, the the view towards America would be a lot different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's been a very concerted effort once like Americans started buying these teams and Americans started moving to the league mm-hmm. to like push it in America, you know, to kind of like, you know do the natural cross branding that comes with that type of stuff. Right. Like, Mm. you know, nobody cares about Christian Pulisic's, you know, except for Americans. Right. So AC Milan, an American owned club, I believe, um, you know, gets an American owned player, like, well, gets an American player and now they got to push it on the American continent because that's the only, you know, place that would remotely care about them. But mm-hmm. like newsflash, like niggas that really only care about the Premier League, man. Like, yeah, soccer has been growing in this country for like thirty years, bro. Like, you know, I don't want to say it's not happening, but like, I don't care how many tournaments they bring here. Like, you know, I don't care. Like, you know, what they do. You know, unless the NFL folds tomorrow or like the NBA folds tomorrow or like Major League Baseball folds tomorrow, like you're not going to see a sea change in like popularity. So like a lot of these people are invested, but like, you know, they're always going to be fighting over like, you know, the content scraps. And like, you know, this is just a result of it. Like, you know, you can't just put it on TV and be like, oh, like, you know, people are going to watch it because it's soccer. Like, no, (laughs) no. If that was the case, morning footy would be more popular than it is. Right. Like all those CBS shows would be more popular than they are. But I mean, you know, like no disrespect, but like, you know, let's just 
let's just call a spade a spade, man. Like, let's just have some real conversations about what we're looking at here. Like, I'm sure yeah. they're doing well, you know, for, you know, the time slot and the market. But like, right. you know, it's never going to be ESPN. It's never going to be first take. It's never even going to be like um, whatever Fox Sports has, you know, it's just mm-hmm. not ingrained in the culture like that. And, yeah. you know, like, what can you do? Doesn't need to be, though. Like, I I always say this because I know that I'm a bit of an outlier and the way I seek out experiences. You know, I feel like the average consumer is not seeking. It's like if it's blatantly in front of them and they rock with it for five minutes or more, then you might catch them. But I kind of feel like soccer in the United States always gets thrown into the overall sports conversation, which is, I mean, to be fair, that's where it belongs. But in the way that it's usually brought in is just against NFL, against MLB, against the NBA. And I'm like, no, it is just alongside them. And you want to be trailing closer and closer not trying to overtake any of them because you just won't but that's just i think that's more about time in than it is about the viability of the product it's like in general people are creatures of habit and they're used to watching nfl they're used to watching the nba they're used to watching you know uh, mlb they have their my father watches like we don't have those generations yet. And as we get them in soccer, it will, you know, trail closer to those um, larger leagues. So I just feel like MLS has done a great job of, one, keeping the product viable. And then, two, that's the hardest part. Just keep the shit viable enough that you can at least, you know, break even, I guess. Or, or not bleed so much that you can't sustain yourself to any degree. And then two, you know, take your inter- incremental growth, despite what the world of soccer is saying around you or what, you know, the non-soccer fan in the United States says about your league. Just keep taking your incremental growth until you have, you know, a product that those same people turn around and look back and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with you. You know, the problem is, is that like most things in America, like, you know, niggas don't do incremental growth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, the problem's not, you know, that we all can see, you know, or, you know, most prudent, like, you know, observers, you know, that take a rational look at this can see, like, you know, what you're talking about and 100% agree with it. You know, the problem is, is like, you know, who's trying to wait on that, right? Like, you know, like the powers that be, like, you know, when they're trying to turn over, like, you know, share prices and stuff like that, like, you know, they're just not here to hear, you know, let's just kind of, you know, calm it down and take some incremental growth, you know. And you're yeah. right. That's one of the real things to respect about MLS, you know, is that, 
MLS, like, you know, has been taking it on the chin, pause, you know, for a while, you know, like it hasn't been pretty, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, they've kept it afloat, you know, and to a degree, the NWSL has kind of done the same thing. You know, it's just, you know, how long are people going to be patient and slow build before they start getting greedy? And mm-hmm. like, I th- really think what you see with Syria is like, you know, they got a little greedy, right? Like, you know, they were convinced that like, you know, they would just be able to break into the American market, put some soccer in there and start taking some market share away from like the Premier League or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like, bro, you're not doing that. Like, it's, it's not going like, you know, not enough Italians here to do that. Like, you know, yeah. Like, you know, it's a whole bunch of white people that like English soccer clubs. So, like, you know, you wouldn't, you know, it don't matter how many motherfuckers was watching The Sopranos and, like, The Godfather and, like, Goodfellas <laughs> and, like, all that shit. Like, you know, you wasn't, Syria, you know, Syria wasn't, like, you know, fucking with the Premier League. And I think yeah. they got a little greedy. And, like, you know, this is just what it is, you know. All right. Um, let's leave them alone. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Premier League. Let's talk some Raheem Sterling. Hey. Demon Dem. Big Mon. <laughs> Is he really Jamaican, though? Uh, I think, I mean, I know for sure his parents are, like, you know, his parents are Jamaican. I'm not sure if his parents are first gen or he's first gen. But, yeah, like, he's uh, he's Jamaican as they come. Like, I don't know, bro. I mean, I don't know. Look at his sponsors, man. Like, I know, but look at his sponsors, man. All right, all right, who are you taking in your Jamaican starting five first, Raheem Sterling or Leon Bailey? Oh, shit. Probably Leon Bailey first. Probably Leon Bailey first because he was like, you know, he is, he is, he is, he is Jamaican. He is island Jamaican. He's island. He's not Jamaican. He is island. So, like, you know, and I'm not even sure. uh, I'm not even sure I'd just call Leon Bailey island. Like, you know, I might. You know, I might just call him Kingston. Like he's not from Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not Jamaican. He's from Kingston. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. So, um, like, yeah. I, and then I had to think about it. I was like, my starting five, uh, <laughs> my starting five oh, Jamaicans, yeah, uh, like across the board. Like, I mean, can we throw Usain Bolt in there? Uh, <laughs> absolutely you kidding me. Let's start in five Jamaicans, like, and then uh, immediately after that, you got to take Shirley Ann Frazier. Yeah, yeah, Shirley Ann. Uh, let's see. Okay, so we got two. Uh, um, I mean, we got to throw Bob Marley in there for the white people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that might be the uh, <laughs> that might be oh, the only Jamaican God. they know. Um, okay, what else? Uh, let's see who else we got. Um, wow, where you want to go from there? You want to go? Uh, uh, 
I don't know, man. You want to go? Uh, you want to go, Devito? You want to? <laughs> no. Oh no! 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 Come on! You know the answer. You know the answer. You got to take vibes, man. Oh, <laughs> vibes! vibes? <laughs> got to take vibes, cartel. I thought vibes was in jail. <laughs> nah, you've been out, bro. World boss. <laughs> World boss. Uh, <laughs> If you take vibes, oh man! If you take vibes, you you got to take buju. If you take vibes, nah, I would probably take nah, nah. I'll take Beanie Man first. You take Beanie Man over buju? Yeah, I'll take Bounty Killer over buju. Ooh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just okay. saying. That's just me. That's just me. Anyway, man, let's talk about Raheem Sterling. Yo, uh, oh, we gotta throw another. Uh, we gotta throw another. Uh, we gotta throw another person that white folks would know in there. Uh, we gotta throw Shaggy in there. We gotta throw Sean Paul. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> Shut his mic off. Where's the mute button? Where's it? Can I mute you? <laughs> You're muted. I can't mute you. I never. All this time we've been doing this podcast, I did not know that I could mute. I can't unmute you though, so you gotta unmute yourself. Okay, unmute. <laughs> okay, unmuted. Unmuted. I'm trying to name all the Jamaicans white people would know. <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely not. Man, let's talk Raheem Sterling and his new collaboration. So we know he is a uh new balance athlete. Yeah. But on the street culture side, he is now collaborating with Clark's. If you don't know Clark's, they are a really an old people shoes company, but but Jamaican. I mean, I'm gonna keep it a buck. But Jamaicans took the Clark Wallaby and just made it the most lifestyle shoe imaginable. Jamaicans um, in the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, Jamaicans in the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> so uh, he's got a Wallaby boot. In conjunction with his own fashion brand called 1692. Uh, I didn't know anything about this uh, brand of his, 1692. But uh, yeah, that uh, name comes from uh, established 1692, which is a nod to the year that Kingston, Jamaica was founded. So he's so. really leaning into his uh, Jamaican heritage here with the 1692. He's about it, bro. Um, what do you think? Do you like them? Would you wear them? Oh yeah, this is uh Oh man, no, actually, yeah, actually I'm not going to go that far. Um, but yeah, uh I'm definitely I'm definitely going I'm definitely going to cop a pair. I'm on price a pair. I'm on price a pair. I'm on price let's a pair see. out right now. Let's They're let's, calling this shit Gorpcore. Yeah. Cuz they look Bro, um, I hate it. You hate it? <laughs> I hate it. All this core shit. Just like, bro, just put the fucking clothes on. Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, I like the, I I think this is the first Wallaby I think I actually like the material of, because, like, for the longest, um, like, Wallabies were suede, right? Mm-hmm. Or leather. Yeah, suede or leather. And like you can't wear those. Like, you know, it's gotta be a nice day outside to wear those. Right. You know. Like I have think have you ever worn a pair of wallabies? Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. I mean, fucking, I was I was twelve years old and listening to Wu Tang. Everybody had a pair of Wallabies. My God, not me. Yo, yo, shut his never. mic off. Shut his <laughs> mic off. How are you from New York and you you never had a pair of Wallabies? Not never, bro. Never. 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 Yo, when I was twelve I like years old. When I was 12 I don't hate years them, old. But for me and my style and my body, they would look crazy on me, I feel like. When I was 12, I had maybe like six or seven months where it was where I, I was dressing like Ghostface <laughs> with, <laughs> with the beanie cock to the side. Yes, sir. And the Clarks and the big old bag. I had about six months of that. And then my parents was like, nah, nah, bro. <laughs> Like you better put your polos back on. <laughs> For real. You better tuck your pants back. You better tuck your shirt back in your pants and put your polos back on, bro. That's hilarious. But yeah, like uh, I used to love wallabies, man. Uh one of my best friends in college, um, one of my best friends in college, uh, his name was Quill Ferguson. Shout out to Quill. Uh <laughs> my man was he was the quintessential college dude that still listened to Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. And had every pair of wallabies you could imagine. Uh, right. He called everybody God. Like, uh, <laughs> hey, yo, was, God. Yeah, yeah. He was the first, uh, he was the first person that, like, actually really taught me all the 5% of stuff. Like, not just, like, you know, stuff you hear and, like, stuff you pick up on rap music. Like, you know. Right. Like, he actually knew the mathematics. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> he could tell he could tell you today he's mathematics, like, every right. day. Like, he was big. So, like, yeah, Wallabies, like, low-key, like, they've been a part of my life. So, like, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. It's part of the reason why I want to buy a pair, like really just for nostalgia purposes. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, two twenty cash. Oh, Plus that's tax. not that's not bad. That's not bad. Nigga, you wealthy. <laughs> no, nah, I mean I just you thought said, it was that's gonna not be bad. <laughs> I just thought it was gonna be more. Cause like whenever you get like, you know, these crossovers or whatever, because I mean like a regular pair of Clarks, like what, they're gonna run you like sixty, seventy dollars. I thought it was uh, gonna no. be... not anymore. One twenty to one ninety. You're kidding. I'm on the Clark's website right now. Wallaby boot one seventy, wallaby two, one twenty. Wallaby Eden, 280. What happened to Clark's, bro? A Wallaby low top, a buck 70. Oh, they're just getting away with murder right now. They sell low a top wall- corduroy joints, buck 90. Oh, that's murder, man. Like, who's who's paying this? Uh, a lot of people, probably. Who's paying that? Jamaica. <laughs> He said Jamaicans. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Oh, I am dead. 21 gun salute. Oh my god. They look fire though, to be honest, but I it's just not my style. I think they will look crazy on me. I got big ass feet. This shit would look ridiculous. Nah, I've never bro. worn these ever in life. And I've always liked them, especially in the Wu-Tang era, man. 
Another whole ghost face, blue and cream. I was like, oh, man, I want to do that. And I was like, nah, bro. Yo, I mean, this might be the pair to get. Like, that's really why I'm thinking about it is because, like, you know, like the uh, like the fabric, like, you know, I guess it's, what would you call this? Like waterproof Gore-Tex or something like that? Like, uh, It's definitely not Gore-Tex. I don't, I don't know the, uh, I don't know the correct terminology for this fabric, but it's definitely yeah, it's, waterproof. It's just nylon. It's like puff nylon. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this it's is quilted. like quilted. Yeah. This would yeah. be, um, I mean, I think this would be the one, like this would be the one, but you know, like for 220, I thought that was a four, I thought that was actually affordable for like the crossover, like, um, you know, for the crossover component. But yeah. like now, if you telling me they just run like, you know, 120 to 200, like it's I might. Steal. Yeah, that might be a steal, bro. Like now that I think about it, you know, it's Christmas time. Like, you know, I might. Uh, <laughs> I might get them. I might. I might put them on those six month interest freeze. I might get the six month interest free payment plan. He said, I'm finna clarna them hoes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's like $50 a month for six months. Oh my God. That's funny as shit. I'll take it. Yeah. Like, I mean, after taxes, what does it run you? $250? So, like, you know, $40, 50 bucks for six months interest free. Yeah. I might have to, I might have to look at it. Might Do the have damn to look thing, at man. it. You got to get baby a matching pair, though. Oh no! no. Right. They don't have baby sizes. <laughs> no, I mean I'd get them a matching pair. They ain't gonna be Clark's though. They like, do have all the way down to size four though. Nah, my kid ain't wearing name brand shoes until like you know his feet stop growing. <laughs> what you got the baby in? Huh? Right now? Socks? Uh, I in those little booty socks or whatever, like those super yeah. thick socks that have the little yeah. hospital joint on the bottoms. You yeah, know? that's all they need. Yeah, yeah, like he, he ain't, ain't walking, walking no, no damn way. way. <laughs> yeah, he ain't walking no way. Uh, yeah, yeah, enjoy that one while it lasts. Yeah, I mean, I I thought about doing the whole Baby Jordan resale market thing. Mm-hmm. That just that just mm-hmm. seemed like yeah, that's just more trouble that is, than it's worth. I'm gonna tell you right now from personal experience. I bought my son a pair of Elevens, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Concord 11s when he was born. I was like, oh, you know. And I didn't, to be fair, I didn't go crazy. Those were the only ones I bought. But he grew right past them shits. Never wore them a day in his life. I ended up giving them to somebody else for their baby. And I don't even think that baby wore them. So (laughs) it's like, oh, yeah. No, like, that's a terrible idea. Baby Jordans are like, that's where Jordan making his money. Like, you think Jordan making his money selling, like, you know, these regular folks' shoes. Jordan making his money hitting people over the head for like, you know, a hundred dollars for these baby Jordans. And it mm-hmm. costs like 50% to produce because they like that big. Like, no. Mm-hmm. That's where Jordan making his real money. That's where them profit margins are at. For real. Uh yeah. Salute to Raheem Sterling and his brand 1692. Uh cool collaboration, stylish shoe for those who are in that market. It definitely should do solid numbers for him. Uh, let's jump back to some MLS stuff, some Inter Miami stuff, and of course, Messi. I kind of want to 
speed through these because we're getting lengthy here. But uh, 2024 season tickets for Inter Miami sold out, my boy. Oh, yeah, we Are knew that was coming. No, we knew that was coming. Yeah, I mean, we knew Inter Miami was going to get sold out. The real thing is, I want to see like you know how the rest of the league doing, you know, because uh, the Fire trying to sell me some season tickets right now, and I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like you know, y'all go through too many coaches, you know, for mm. me to be buying season tickets like this. Like you know, like, you didn't even go last season, did you? Did you make it to more than five games? No, no. No, I couldn't I couldn't find five games on the calendar I wanted to see. Like, I mean, I got uh I was able to recoup because like, you know, I think I actually only ended up out net like $25-30 because mm-hmm. um what I do with my season tickets is like I sell them uh I sell them like 5 or 10 cuz I got good seats. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I like sell them like, you know, 5 or $10 below market rate. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I post them at. And then, like, you know, they get bidded up or whatever sometimes, like, you know. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I came out. I think I only came out, like, negative 50 bucks on the year mm-hmm. or something like that. But, like, you know, no. Nah, like, you know, at this point, like, you know, I plan on going to games next year because, like, you know, I'm taking the kid. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're going to have to, like, you know, MLS is going to have to do something different, man. Because it's a whole lot of have and have nots in the league right now. And Chicago is a have not. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. Oust the I, owner? I mean, yeah. Oust the owner, like, you know. They can't do that. Do something. That's not. <laughs> do what? <laughs> do that's something. How, that's how it works. Every league has haves and have nots. The problem is we haven't had many halves, and now we got quite a few of them. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I think my problem with Chicago Fire really isn't that, like, you know, they – it's not that they aren't trying because, like, they are trying. It's just the niggas that they got trying suck, bro. (laughs) Like, like, the niggas just suck. Like – like, and I'm not oh talking about, God. like, you know, and it's not like I don't, it's, it's not the players. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's just no vision, right? Mm. Like, or is it the wrong vision? No, there's just no vision. Like, they think they just go on, like, European soccer club it up here. And, like, you know, that's my point. Yeah, but I mean, like, most European soccer clubs don't have a vision, right? Like, they just showing up selling tickets, like, you know banking on being the only show in town where you can watch soccer. And, you know, that works in Europe because soccer is the number one sport in Europe. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, but like that ain't going to work here. Like, you know, like Soldier Field sucks. Like, no, man. Like, you know. Enough with the fire. Enough with the fire. Miami yeah, sold out. Yeah, he's man get depressed. I'm sorry. Your whole demeanor, (laughs) you sunk in your chair. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, man. Like, enough with the fire. If I show up with an inner Miami jersey, you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is. So, yeah, man, that's uh, good news for Inter Miami. Uh, despite their price hike on their season ticket packages, uh, still sold out. So, mm-hmm. no surprise there. That's what Messi does. That's why they signed them. That's why they moved heaven and earth to do it. 
so you can have this effect right here shout out to everybody that uh had season tickets in the tuck and you know were able to renew and can hopefully make a little bit of money um, you know who, or you just know you know just be there to witness an integral part of Miami's history as a club however you play it whether you want to resell tickets or you just want to be there to witness some greatness uh very very cool um you know, I'm just happy for those fans to have that experience, whichever way it is. You know who's really making out like a bandit? Who that? Uh, there's some people, I've heard there's some people who were able to get multiple year season tickets back when, like, uh, Inter-Miami used to be trash. And, like, if you if you were able to lock in your price, like, three years ago, because mm-hmm. you was willing to just, like, lock it in, and make like a three to five year commitment, like, right. like you living now, you living. Ooh. Um. Also, in into Miami news, you know the rumors are, you know, moving from a hum to a roar that Luis Suarez is rejoining Messi at Inter Miami. Uh, he is coming from Grêmio in Brazil. And yeah, man, this is, it's looking like it's like really, really real. Do you think this duo is going to work as it did at Barcelona? Obviously not at the same level, but do you think they both have enough in the tank to at least win one other piece of silverware in 2024 and put up at least 30 goals between the two of them? 30 goals, yes. Silverware, no. Because, yeah, 30 goals between them, yeah. Because that's like 15, 15, like 2010. Like Messi had like 15 himself, and he only played half the season this year. But um, no silverware? Nah, nah. I'm counting too many old knees, and I'm counting too many old knees, bro. Like, okay, let's just, let's just count the pair of old knees in Inter Miami, all right? You got Jordi Alba's old knees. You got Sergio mm-hmm. Busquets' old knees. You got Messi's old knees. Now you got Suarez's old knees. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure there's some people like you know. I'm pretty sure there's some people that are just old. <laughs> you know, that's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that are around there. Like I mean, you know, like, you know. Drake gonna have to, you know, Drake gonna have to come out with a platinum album next year, bro. <laughs> like between them sticks, man, Drake gonna have to come out with a platinum album because, like, you know, I mean, just add another year on them old knees and like, right? Like, you know, it's just, it's not that I don't believe in them. It's just if I had to take the field versus Inter Miami, like especially after watching these last two uh, like conference final games, bro. Mm-hmm. Like they ain't getting up and down the field like that, right? They they just not. If you were Luis Suarez, would you go to Inter Miami and play one season with Messi to cap your career? Or would you say, look, bro, I love you. We made history together, but uh, I'm about to hang it up. No, nah, I'd definitely come for a season. I'd definitely come for a season. I'd sign a one-year deal. I'd 100% sign a one-year deal. At 36? Yeah. Yeah, i come collect a check. I mean, you know, like that's what he's going to be doing anyway. Like, you know, he's going to show up. He's going to get some run. 
Like, you know, as soon as he feel a little twinge, he's going to be out for three or four weeks. He's going right. to come back, get some more run. As soon as he gets twinge, like, you know, come back in three or four weeks. Like, I retire, bro. Nah. Nah. You get you get to come to South Beach for a year? Like, but here's my thing. Like, I get it, but I don't know. Just the way I personally view things. If I'm any of those players that was talented enough to make those contracts that they made in their careers, mm-hmm. what the fuck is a one one more MLS contract really gonna mean, bro? Because I'd, I mean, it's I'd not about already the money. Be chilling, but for them, it's not about the money. They're doing it for the love. Like Miami, but you're is- gonna take the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got to. It's your professional responsibility to take the money, right? right. Like, like you got to take the money. It's your pro- professional responsibility. But, I mean, like, no, man. It's just for the love. Like, Miami. Okay, so they've already lived in Barcelona, which is probably the most popping, like, you know, Spanish city, like, you know, in the world. Madrid right? would like a word. Nah, Madrid ain't got it on Barcelona. Madrid ain't got it on Barcelona. Barcelona's different gravy, bro. Like, it's on the Mediterranean, too. Like, oh, that's just different gravy, bro. (laughs) That's just different gravy. Like, no disrespect to Madrid, but, like, that's different. Like, you on the Mediterranean, too? That's just different, you know? I'm on the side of Madrid, as at least the Moors imprint is there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. Like, Madrid's definitely, like, more... For my money, Madrid has more of the cultural stuff I want to fuck with. But, I mean, you can't deny that, like, Barcelona's a vibe, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like, okay, so let's even say Madrid's one, right? So let's say Madrid and Barcelona, however you want to slice them up. Like, what's the third... Tied for number one. Okay, tied for number one. What's the third most popping Spanish city in the world? fuck if i know miami miami (laughs) (laughs) miami like it might be distant but i mean like it's miami right and then you know you probably got la at number four so i mean you know like when it comes to like popping cities like you know if you're gonna play soccer somewhere like once you get outside of spanish cities that are not like you know madrid and barcelona like it's a drop. Like you know, them niggas ain't going to Mexico City. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> like, why you laugh like that? <laughs> because you know what? You bring up an interesting point there. How is it that Liga MX has avoided employing aging stars? Because nobody wants to go to Mexico, my guy. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, but you mean to tell it. me none of those teams saw, you know, any player other than Pierre Gignac and was like, "Yo, you should come play in Mexico." Who wanted to go? <laughs> like, <laughs> you gotta want to go, bro. Like. We've all seen the cartel movies. We've all <laughs> we've all seen them shows, bro. Like who who's trying to go to Mexico? Like no disrespect, 
Like, you know, but like, who, who's trying to go, man? Nobody's trying to deal with that shit. Nobody's that's trying to crazy. deal with that shit. So, like, you know, that's really what the selling point of MLS is really selling. Like, you know, come live in America. Right. Right. Because, I mean, all the stars, like all the real stars are only going to like three places. They either going to mm-hmm. New York, Miami or L.A. Right? right. So, I mean, like that's what the MLS is selling. Like, you know, I, I know it sounds bad when I say like who wants to go to Mexico City or whatever. It sounds funny when I say it like that. But if you just like break down what the MLS is selling, like, yeah, you know. Like, how do you think Chicago ended up with Shakiri? Because that nigga used to the cold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, man. What? I mean, you know, like at some point, like at some point, we got to have real conversations about this. (laughs) Who who owns the fire? Uh, Joe Mansueto. Is he German? Nah, he made his money. Uh, what do you make his money doing? Doing something crazy. Why is Chicago? Why Morning do they want to be like? I, I don't even know what Morning Star is. Like the foods. I I guess yeah. Like the vegan uh, sausage and shit. I guess. Like, I don't know. Oh, that's I know, crazy. I know the company is Morning Star. I don't know what they do. I'd never known the company before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before he, uh, oh, it's an investment firm. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Another morning star. Yeah. Yeah. Investment Please. firm. That makes sense. Cause you need mega money for ownership, bro. In any league. Yeah. So no, nah, man. No. Nah. Yeah. It seems like Chicago has this fascination with trying to be a Bavarian club. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just the history of the city. Like um, the history of the city, we have a lot of Polish immigrants. Um, We have a lot of like Central European immigrants, like just in general from that side of like, you know, I don't want to call it Eastern Bloc, but it's definitely, you know, east of the wall. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So like, yeah, like, I mean, you know, that's just where a lot of... um, you know, those, you know, those, uh, I almost said those people. Hey, yo. <laughs> um, that's racist. <laughs> but yeah, that's where uh, a lot of the Eastern European, like, you know, immigrants move. They move to the Midwest, like, you know, Ohio, Indiana, like, you know, Chicago. So like, yeah, that that is who they're trying to appeal to. And then you kind of have the Mexican population, which is like the second largest population uh, of like, you know, uh, Mexican immigrants outside of Los Angeles. So like, you know, like it's just a whole mishmash. And I mean, you know, Mexico has his own sordid history with like, you know, Germans and, you know, like DOS, you know, whatever. So, you know, yeah, like, it's crazy out there, man. All right. Um, one more piece of Enter Miami stuff, and that is 2024, they will receive the third kit benefit because uh, everybody doesn't get one. Yeah. But obviously, Messi is moving enough uh, shirts to warrant a third. And Miami said, you know what? Let's try to ingratiate ourselves to other local sports fans. 
And so they are reportedly um, using the colors of the Miami Dolphins for their third shirt. So that teal, orange, and white, um, some sort of combination there. Pretty damn cool idea. Um, I like, you know, you have to go to who is already winning in the city and get in line with them. So I think this is a brilliant move. Um, we have no looks of the kit yet, but Ken, do you think the kit will actually be fire or will it have the colors, but none of the sauce? Um, I mean, as a former owner of a Miami Dolphins starter jacket when I was a kid, like this is impossible to fuck up, bro. <laughs> this is impossible to fuck up. Cause I mean, like you, like honestly, all you got to do is get the mint green, change the badge to like orange and black or whatever, mm-hmm. and then just throw like some orange numbers on it and a little orange Adidas. And mm-hmm. like, this thing's going to go gangbusters. And I mean, you know, I will say one thing about David Beckham, like, um, I trust him like more than I trust a lot of other people to like mm-hmm. do it right. Right. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to get in there and like try to do too much. Right. So, yeah. and he already has a relationship with Adidas where he can be like, Hey, you know, this is my club. We got to make sure this shit is right. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think this is going to be fly. Like, you know, when I, you know, next year when I'm an inner Miami fan, like this is going to be the first Jersey I buy. <laughs> Bro. I love you planting the seeds. <laughs> I know you've been decided on this shit and you are all in. So yeah. you're planting the seeds. So you'll look crazy next year. <laughs> That's how you got to do it, bro. That's how you got to do it. <laughs> that is exactly, <laughs> that is exactly how you got to do it. We got to go back to the clip where you said, <laughs> I'm not that much of a messy fan. Bitch, you lied. <laughs> I'm not a messy fan. I'm not a messy fan. I am not the doing hell? this. I'm not doing this because of messy. Then how do you end up on into Miami? Because, like, there are really only three cool clubs in the MLS, right? Like, once again, like. Cool on what scale of cool? Um, dope, like, you know, like dope concepts, like generally a good team and like solid fan engagement that like casual people like get into. Okay. So three, um, well, I'd say three, maybe four and four, if you want to throw like white people a bone. So, uh, what? Who are the three? Okay, so um, number one, I would say. Hold on, wait, hold on. Let's do this. Let's do them in alphabetical order, and we'll say them at the same time. Okay. Uh, do you? Okay. Number well, one, Austin. What? Nigga, oh. what? <laughs> I told you if you wanted to throw white people a bone, man, you got to throw. Oh. One <laughs> okay. Okay. That that's an honorable mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right, all I mention. Okay, uh, are we just doing cities or are we uh, the, the city and the team? Okay, well, do you want to do city name? Because I mean, like, city name. Okay, uh, okay, ready. One, two, three. 
New York. Atlanta. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I said New York. You counted Atlanta? Are you shitting me, bro? Nigga, if I was not in, if there was no NYCFC, I'd probably be an Atlanta fan. Their their energy, especially as a black fan, for for my money's worth, Atlanta United is the only team in the history of MLS mm-hmm. to actually include black people. No, I mean, I 100% rock with you on that. Like, you know, and this isn't no shade to Atlanta, but like, if you talking about like, you know, like people trying to go to Atlanta, like, you know, I still think it's going to be another year or two before Atlanta gets a big superstar. Like, I think, um, I think like Pogba is probably like an Atlanta guy. Like, you know, if like a Memphis Depay comes, like, you know, like it's going to have to be those level of guys that Mm kind of go to Atlanta. But I mean, like, you know, when to me, like when you're talking about like where people are going to like live and experience the city Mm -hmm. and then like, you know, they just play soccer too. Like, you you know, I was talking about. Okay, yeah. So we're talking about two different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talking, about, talking two about totally like different the clubs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm talking about from like the player perspective, like, you know, gotcha. like where the place is. Like there's only three cities where like you you can basically ink like, you know, no. any player. So that's New like York, LA, up. and Miami. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And then if you want to throw white folks a bone, you throw in Austin, you know. Right. And then, like, you know, if you want to expand it out, like, you know, taking out, like, you know, the city aspect, like, who will actually come to the city. If you take out, like, the city aspect, like, who who you would actually come to the city, like, Atlanta's number one, hands down, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, Footy Mob, by far, is probably the best supporters group, you know, in, uh, you know, in the MLS. Like, you know, it's them and, like, whatever LAFC, like, configuration you, know you want to throw up. I don't even like the best. And it's not that they're not the best, but I don't even I don't even count footy mob with supporters. Yeah, I'm sure they would disagree with me on that, but I don't look at them as supporters, quote unquote. They are innovators. They are change makers. They are creators. They are. I mean, it's bigger. Yeah. Huh? They're big. They are the beacon for the the black fan in American soccer to me. Yeah. They are so fucking important to US soccer. I don't even know if they really realize how important they are. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. I just want to say that. Shout out to Footy Mob. Y'all are amazing. Um, keep doing your shit and fuck all this goofy shit. Oh yeah. That's it. <laughs> I still got to get down to the bins and go to my first game. Absolute must, bro. When I tell yeah. you, I can't even tell you how many times I've been. Fire. <laughs> it's so comfortable. The The way I think you and I both have traditionally looked for an experience that better fit our upbringing and our lifestyle Footy Mob is that to the 10th power. Like, yeah. It's so black, bro. It's so <laughs> black. It's so, oh, it's so good. 
Yeah, for everything. It's kind of why, like, when I just think about them, like, it's just deeper than, like, supporters groups, right? Yeah. Like, you know, from the way they organize to, like, you know, like, actually, like, you know, leading on, like, you know, the TIFO stuff, like, you know, like, before, you know, before LAFC, like, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of Hollywooded it up. Like, you know, all you really had was, like, you know, footy mob leading that charge. And, like, you know, not for nothing, it's just really impressive how they're not limited to, like, you know, just quote unquote, like, you know, supporter stuff. Like, yeah, community work is, like, big for them down there. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think, you know, you you just don't really get that a lot of places. And, right. you know. Like, I know a lot of times I talk about things from, like, the professional player perspective and, like, you know, getting into, you know, like, the league and where, like, professional players want to go. But, like, from the fan perspective, like, you know, head and shoulders, like, Atlanta's probably the number one city, like, to have a fan experience, you know, then followed by L.A. And then, like, you know, I'd probably say New York. Yeah. I would probably switch LA and Atlanta just because LA, like it's a different experience. It's not necessarily quote unquote for me. Yeah. But their energy is undeniable. They are. Oh, yeah. Just, oh my God. That 3252 shit is crazy, bro. Yeah. You can feel that shit on the internet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did you hear? uh, Wait, wait, wait. Before you go. Yeah. 3252. Um, might have started a little controversy, so I want to pour some water on it and explain to people, like, you know, the differences, because I actually had to learn some of this with Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it all, and it kind of ties into, like, a lot of the stuff we talk about. So, um, this weekend at their game, um, LAFC, they were, uh, they were lighting flares and shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what, I think they call it the bank or something like that. Yeah. Um, the reason they're able to do that, um, I believe is because the bank is a privately owned stadium. So Mm. there are different rules for different stadiums. So Mm -hmm. like if you're in a place like Chicago where you don't own your own stadium and it's a rental, especially Mm -hmm. if it's like a rental that like, you know, has like federal restrictions or implications, like, you know, it's a totally different like set of rules that you have to deal with like mm-hmm. you know you can't do flares at soldier field like right. you know um we were barely just able to get like smoke machines and safe smoke so mm-hmm. like you know for everybody saying like you know why you know can they do it in la and like we can't do it here like chances are like you know y'all don't own y'all own stadium because it doesn't yeah. come down to MLS, it comes down to like the actual regulations of the stadium and whether or not you're in control of those. Bro, that was I remember when I was president of the third rail, I got so sick of that fucking conversation about the flares. I'm like, bro, this building is under the direction of Homeland Security. Like that, yeah, that is like, that is it. Yep. We're talking about different shit. Like, shut up already. Like, mm-hmm. you know what state you live in. You know what city you live in. 
just stop, man. But they were just so on it. Like they was like that was the the singular thing holding them back for being good supporters and loud. And I'm like, man, I hate y'all so much. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But that's a hundred percent it. Homeland security. Yeah, man. Just different, different things altogether. Yeah. But yeah, good point on that. Shout out to uh LAFC and the 3252. Shout out to Footy Bob in Atlanta. Shout out to all the supporters out there that are making cool experiences for people in general. Yeah. Um, we definitely have a special love for those who are trying to create a uh, space for black fans to discover, engage in, and fall in love with soccer in the United States. But there are also some other groups out there that are just doing quality work. And shout out to them too. Um, um, next season, we should go on tour. And I've been on tour since I came in the league. Let's get on tour. All right. Yeah. Next I season. need to travel, buddy. Anyway, let's fucking go. All right. Next season, we on tour. I got. Uh, I got my points straight. Uh, I think. Uh, I think I'm getting approved for this American Air uh, World Traveler Elite card. Let's go. Uh, we about to be. Uh, we about to be setting these. Uh, we about to be setting the Admiral Club on fire, bro. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go. This has been Short Corners. Wasn't that short this week, but we out here. Later. Later.